Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we understand, it's that money can be confusing. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money today on Talking Sense. You know, Teresa, it's hard to imagine that it's been almost 10 years that I've, yeah, I've been in the industry now. Ever awesome. since I started back in 2014, uh, mm-hmm. moved to moved to Texas, started a new job. I got my uh, Series Seven textbook to get started, and I remember having to learn so much terminology. And oh, yeah. even that alone, I think it was just about as exciting as reading a dictionary. I don't know about, oh, okay, yes, the way you finished that. I thought you were about to say it was super exciting. I was going to be like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I will yeah. say when I joined the Jim Alt team, and it has been this year's 10 years for me um, in September, I think. I remember I kept a notebook. Hmm. The only role of that notebook was to write down words that I did not know what they meant so that I could later look them up because I didn't want to always be like, hey, what what does that word mean? So I just started making that a habit to carry a notebook. I'd yeah. write it down and then later on I'd go look it up. Wow. And because the there is part's probably that you only had one notebook. Well, that's true. But there is an entire language that goes with mm-hmm. really any industry, if we're just being honest. But with the financial industry, because it affects so many people, mm-hmm. it does kind of drive us crazy that there's so much lingo to sift through just yeah. to do, you know, to work towards your goals. That's right. And the shocking part is also that I had a finance major, right? So it's not <laughs> like I was coming in brand new. I already mm-hmm. had quite a bit of knowledge on the topic, but there was still so, so much that I need to learn. Uh, but interestingly enough, after close to a decade in the industry, I still find myself just about every other day, if not every day, you know, mm-hmm. learning a new a new word or some new terminology or, you know, like again, buzzwords that get thrown around that even I as a financial advisor, you know, I still have to look up things from time to time. And I think this big joke between us here on Talking Sense is that Mark is often teaching me the new lingo because I am not as good at keeping up with this. <laughs> um, I just... To me, we don't need new fancy terms for things. Yes, it's it's that pop culture impact on things. <laughs> but if your mind begins to wonder when people start talking money, then this is probably a good show for you. Um, if you're like me and when people start using words that you don't understand, you just kind of tune out. Your financial journey is really, really important. And if you Mm want to become financially independent, you got to at least get a certain level of working knowledge. So that's what we're hoping to help you with today is give you some some insight into some of these Uh, well-informed people tend to make well-informed decisions that are Mm -hmm. wiser decisions. So we don't want language to be a barrier that you can't overcome or won't overcome when it comes to understanding these financial concepts. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, whenever we, we look at, you know, some of the things that help us just be a little bit more confident in, Mm -hmm. in our investment decisions, that that's another easy thing, right? We, we talked uh, during one of our previous episodes about investing confidently and, you know, that's definitely one of those things is just education, learning about the terminology. Like you said, it can be one of the biggest barriers uh, to just understanding financial concepts. So that is a great way to, yeah, to dive in, get familiarized. And your financial journey is going to happen one way or another. It can happen on purpose mm-hmm. with actual steps that you take, or it can just kind of slip past you. And we don't want that for you. So we want to make sure that you understand enough to get going because it's going to affect your retirement. We all know that. But of course, that one feels like it's way out. But what about your kids? Mm-hmm. And their financial futures, because people do what they see, whether you want them to or not. You know, we always say as parents, do what I say, not as I do. 
but that doesn't really work. And we all know that. And then the inheritance that you're passing on to the next generation. So there are a lot of impacts to your confidence level and you taking this and making it a priority in your life that really do matter. Exactly. So we've already covered some of these terms in a previous episode, actually episode four, uh, pretty early on. We wanted just to kind of cement down some key terms like pre-tax, after-tax, matching contributions and different types of investments. But today we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, some of the lingo that you'll hear mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a little bit more prevalent in, in our news today. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the Fed funds rate. Right. And just interest rates in general increasing and inflation and unemployment and all these different figures, right? So again, uh, we, we talked about just well-informed people making uh, well-informed decisions. So once as you uh, hear about this language and you know these types of things in the news, uh, we want to make sure that uh, that you're able to make sense of it, and that that leads you to make well, uh, good, <laughs> good decisions, or at least to be able to listen to the news and understand what you're hearing. So we're yes. going to dive in. The first thing that we hear a lot, and you may not understand the impact of, is the Fed funds rate. So Mark, let's go into that one. Help people understand what it is and why it impacts them as an individual. Yeah. So what it is is basically the the rate that the Federal Reserve Bank sets at which commercial banks can borrow from their excess reserves to each other overnight. Right. So basically, the uh, the government has these standards on how much each bank has to keep uh, in their deposits mm-hmm. to cover all of their outstanding debts. You know, all all of that stuff. To keep them solvent, according to the Federal exactly. Reserve, it, it all has to do with solvency, right? So, to, in order to reach those uh, those amounts, you know, they they might be short, they might have excess, right? And so, the the ones that are short will borrow funds from the banks that have excess uh, to make sure that they meet those reserve requirements. So that that's the Fed funds rate. It's basically the the Fed says, okay, you can borrow from each other, mm-hmm. and this is essentially the the rate at which you, know, you can do that. It's it's a, it's a target rate, so it's not set in stone as far as you know. This is exactly what you have to do. It'll typically fall within a range. But, but what does this mean for an individual? If the Fed funds rate goes up or down, mm-hmm. how does that affect me as a consumer? Yeah, so that's kind of what I was getting to. The, the way that it affects the consumer is that it affects short-term rates on consumer loans and also impacts the stock market, right? So, you know, I think, you know, most folks out there, if you've got a 401k, you know, mm-hmm. or if you've got a credit card or any, if you're looking to uh, shop around for mortgages, for a car loan, anything like that, then this rate will have a big, big impact on any of those decisions. And that number you mentioned, you know, back in 2000, uh, in the 80s, excuse me, that number was pretty high. It was in the 20s. So you remember interest rates were really high then too, when you wanted to get a loan or things like that. Yes. In 2007 through 2009, it was actually zero. Mm -hmm. So it can drastically change. And that does affect, like you mentioned, short-term loans, car notes, mortgages, things like that very drastically. So it's important to understand the movement there and how it impacts you. Yeah. And so the the main way that that it impacts uh, you know in in those multiple areas is because it impacts the prime lending rate, right? Which mm-hmm. the prime lending rate is the rate that banks use to lend to their most creditworthy investors or customers. So it's like the best rate one could get on credit. And this often mm-hmm. affects credit cards and the APR that mm-hmm. they assign to credit card accounts. Um, and so that's like the best, 
right? Yes. And we all know we're probably not all going to fall under that best category. So it goes from there. So when you hear prime plus X number, that's how they're determining the interest rate you're paying on credit. Exactly. And so this, uh, the prime lending rate also has a bearing on things like employment, mm-hmm. on inflation, uh, and also on things like growth. So again, a very, very important rate to uh, to, to listen to uh, whenever you know people talk about it in, in the news, uh, because again, it, it has a great, great impact on your everyday life. The next one you have listed, Mark, is unemployment. How mm-hmm. does the unemployment rate affect the market, affect the economy for those that are listening today? Yeah. So actually today, the the unemployment rate is a very, very important number because it plays into the Federal Reserve's dual mandate, right? So when we, uh, uh, the, the Federal Reserve has, uh, for, first of all, I guess it, to, to explain it, it's the Federal Reserve Bank, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the central bank of this country, the US, and it has two primary goals. One is to keep inflation low, and it's also to keep uh, unemployment at a steady pace, right? Okay. So uh, as far as inflation, kind of the, the target that they like to keep it around is around 3%, mm-hmm. and unemployment is closer to about 4%. Uh, so right now, the the unemployment unemployment figures are actually very very low and uh, even lower than that target rate. Uh, so as the Federal Reserve looks to make changes to its upcoming rates, right, that is one of the key figures that it looks at to see do we need to still increase rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the again that that unemployment figure is one that the economists are keeping a very very uh, heavy look upon. So if in- unemployment went up. Would that slow interest rate rising or would that be something to trigger them to raise interest rates again for those that are listening? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm no economist, but theoretically. (laughs) theoretically, Based on what we've read. Yes. Theoretically, uh, it would be a cause to to slow down, you know, uh, those rising interest rates. So, yeah, if we're able to kind of uh, increase that uh, unemployment figure, then that that brings it to kind of a, a steadier level. The next one you've got is headline CPI inflation rate. Mm-hmm. So CPI is how they measure typically inflation. There's a bunch of different things that aren't included in that. We've talked about that before, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a raw inflation number that's reported monthly by the Bureau of Labor Statistics and symbolizes changes in the cost of buying specific types of goods over a 12-month period. Yes. Yeah. And and so that basket of goods, it kind of cuts out certain things. So one of the things that uh, that we also uh, talk about is, is one of the more important figures to look at is the core CPE, uh, which removes the volatile costs, uh, kind of like food and energy mm-hmm. uh, to bring a more stable figure for folks to digest. Right. But one thing to understand about that is when you hear, oh, inflation's up 8%. That may not include food cost or gasoline, things that are more volatile. So that may not be a great measure for what it feels like to you individually. Right. Yeah. So again, just to kind of to give you a, a I guess a, a range, right? For for just your information, uh, the Fed looks for a, a goal of CPE around two percent, right? So as of December of two thousand twenty-two. That core inflation was around 5.7 percent uh, for the the 12 months ending there. So again, we're we're pretty high on that uh, mm-hmm. on that number. Um, but to your point earlier, you know, 
we will probably continue to see those rising interest rates until that, uh, that inflation comes down to a more acceptable number for the Fed. The next one you've got is earnings. This refers to the bottom line of a company's income statement. So basically, what has a company earned in a given year once you take out their expenses? But why exactly. does it matter to the individual investor? So this is arguably the most important number that the stock market looks at to value a company, mm-hmm. right? So when investors, economists, uh, you know, they, they look at uh, the the stock market, they look over time and mm-hmm. they, to see what the trend is for a company's earnings. the The main valuation or the the method of valuation is by forecasting their future earnings uh, based on kind of what they're doing today, and then discounting that those future uh, cash flows, those future earnings to a number today that they can say, okay, this is what we believe this stock should be valued at based on that. So as uh, as companies uh, state their earnings, right, and so what they made for a certain period of time, then they compare, you know, what their projections were to what they actually are. And based on that, uh, you know, the, the value of that stock as well as the value of the stock market will go up and down uh, again, based on those numbers. Got it. So they're looking at what they expected versus what really happened to see if the company seems to be on track. Yes, exactly. That's right. And as interest rates uh, decrease, you know, just to kind of bring in multiple, uh, the, the dynamic of mm-hmm. these different uh, terms, as interest rates decrease, typically there's an, an expectation that earnings uh, will increase. Of course, if they're not paying as much to borrow money to invest into their own company, then they get to keep more profits, right? Yes. So that's one of those things that can have a great impact for a company and can help you watch the trends. If you're hearing about, you know, earnings have dropped, then you know companies are making less profits. So that's something to be mindful to watch for in the economy. Yeah. And so vice versa, you know, what you're seeing today in the markets is that, you know, uh, as interest rates are rising, there's an expectation that then our earnings will decrease. And so subsequently followed by a lower valuation in the stock market. And then the last thing you have on here is bond spreads. And and this is one of those ones that even for me, I just go, oh, because I, I have like flashbacks of studying for the seven. <laughs> but this compares yields of different bonds. So mm-hmm. what are they pass like what are they passing on to their investors and just compares them? Help mm-hmm. us understand again what this indicates within the market. Basically what they're trying to to read here is um, you know what what the level of risk is you know at, at different uh, yields right so the usually one one of the biggest uh, spreads that, that is reported uh, or that is uh, looked at is the the spread between a treasury bond and a triple a rated corporate bond okay right? so pause because we're using lingo again so triple yes. a is one of the higher yeah, that's trusted, the, the highest kind of lowest risk options within corporate bonds. Yes. Treasuries are considered like the gold standard. Right, right. right. So, There's very little risk with those typically. Yeah, yeah. So whenever, you know, the uh, the, the market is is trying to, to think of a, a kind of a baseline uh, zero risk return, they look at uh, the, uh, you know, treasury bond to see, okay, if, if no risk returns this amount of money, then a... A slightly higher amount of risk, uh, you know, which is again the the highest rated uh, corporate bonds. You know, uh, what what is the spread between that, right? Uh, mm-hmm. meaning, what is the difference? Yeah, what's the yeah what's the difference between that? Because as those levels, you know, uh, vary, economists will see okay, people are either very very 
uh, weary of the market, right? Because as people get really conservative about the market, they'll uh, they'll look to invest in, in more safer and safer and safer assets. Uh, so you'll see mm-hmm. those spreads change in that manner. Whether you're a seasoned investor or a rookie, there's always new lingo you can learn about the market. And as you get to talk to your advisor or listen to the news, make sure you do a little bit of research so that you can be as engaged in your finances as possible. And are you going through a financial situation right now that has you feeling a bit unprepared? Reach out to us and we're happy to help you sort it out. Thank you so much for joining us today on Talking Sense. Don't forget to come back next week and learn what you need to know to be financially independent. Thanks for listening to the Talking Sense podcast. And if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The GenWealth team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors, and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. General Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.